Hi, this is Sarah O'Connell. And this is Jonah Trebowasser. Welcome back to another edition of Radio Rotary, made possible by Rotary District 7210. Each week, we chat with your neighbors about great things happening in your community and around the world. People who live by Rotary's motto of service above self. And today, Jonah, we're we are joined um, by three gentlemen. This is uh, this interview will be the third in in a series, our final interview, um, discussing the BP oil spill crisis cleanup resolution future. Um, today, our guests are Wendell Carell, who is the general manager of the Lafouche Parish Levy District. He's also a mm-hmm. uh, mem- member of uh, Golden Meadow Rotary. And uh, Richard Augustine, who is the principal of the Grand Isle School um, District, he is a, a Rotarian as well. Uh, and Carol Alleman, um, who is president of the Grand Isle Rotary Club. is it, It's Grand Isle Rotary Club, correct, Mr. Alleman? Yes, ma'am, it is. Well, good morning and welcome to Radio Rotary. And Richard Augustine, principal of the Grand Isle School, good morning to you, sir. Good morning. And Wendell Curall, who has become a regular now, our regular uh, New be, Orleans correspondent. He'll uh, be a co-host soon. He'll be our yeah, sub. All right. Well, well bonjour, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and bonjour to you, Wendell. So, uh, Wendell, why don't you give us an update? What are things like uh, uh, today as far as uh, Louisiana? Well, we're, you know, uh, I've always said South Louisiana would be paradise if it wouldn't be for the overbearing heat in the summertime and the insects. And right now we're experiencing paradise. All right. We've had a couple of cold fronts come through. Uh, they've made the weather conditions fantastic over here, highs in the 70s, and uh, uh, driving back any tropical storms this time of year, so all that's really good. And on top of all of that, uh, uh, the as bad as the, the oil spill was, uh, when I talk to some of my people who work with wildlife and fisheries and other resource agencies, uh, the news is surprisingly good. Uh, as bad as it could have been, it, it, uh, not to say that we didn't have any martial laws, and we have lost some marsh. There is still some oil in there, but the bottom line is things are a lot better and recovering better than uh, we, we, we may have hoped for at this point. Now, there's still some risk out there, but it's good. It's real good. Well, the cap that they put on is holding. Is that right, Wendell? Uh, no problem. They, uh, from the time they did the, the basic top kill, they've done the bottom kill now. It's, it's, that, that thing has shut down. And some places, once that shutdown took place, uh, we have not seen any oil. Uh, some places, as uh, I think maybe three weeks ago was, was the last. We're still seeing some sheens that from the tides going in some of the marsh where some of the oil has been. And there's still some oil that was mixed into the beaches that we've had. So they're still doing that type of work. But bottom line is no massive outside stuff is coming in, and the stuff that's there is not causing tremendous problems. and that, that's, that's really some great news. So if people are considering visiting New Orleans and, or any other part of Louisiana, they should come on down? To no the, problem. And, and I tell you, the, uh, uh, New Orleans should have never been. You should never have stopped visiting New Orleans. It was virtually not affected, except right. some of the seafood species were, were shut down for a while. But, uh, you know, the concern for seafood, they, there shouldn't be. They're testing, uh, tremendous testing going on. And oil has some, you know, high aromatic compounds in there. If you would have a little bit of oil on any seafood product, you would easily smell it. And, and uh, we, we are having, again, uh, the quality is, is fantastic. I've, I've never stopped eating uh, uh, any of the seafood that's come in uh, locally, and uh, we feel good about where we are. The only thing bad is some people think they saw so many pictures of thinking the entire gulf is covered by oil. fact of the matter is it, it 
it concentrated in certain areas and made for those terrible pictures where we saw some of the seagulls and the terns uh, completely covered. Right. But those were in spots, those were specific spots, uh, and, and most of the coves uh, uh, fared uh, relatively well. Uh, as we look back and, and with the fear that we could have seen some much more and, and worse damage, that hasn't worked out. So right now we're feeling good. Still some questions out there where that rest of the oil is, but at this point, Things are moving and, and progressing tremendously well. Well, you know, Wendell, Radio Rotary is now heard around the world by podcast and uh, on the Internet at RadioRotary.org. And we have Rotarians who listen all over who will be coming to the New Orleans Rotary International Convention in 2011. So apparently the fish eating is good. Everything's fine. Come on over. Yeah, um, exactly. exactly. And I'd like to talk to Richard Augustine, who's the principal of the Grand Isle School and also a uh, Rotarian himself, member of the Grand Isle Rotary. Um, Richard, uh, how where was is Grand Isle um, in relation to uh, New Orleans or any other part of Louisiana? Because I'm terrible when it comes to maps. No problem. If you look at New Orleans on a map, uh, we're probably about 40 miles directly south <clears throat> on a map. But to be able to get to Grand Isle, it takes about a little over two hours, two hours and 15 minutes by roadway, and that's a little over 100 miles uh, because you're going all around instead of going a straight shot. And it's just beautiful there. Oh, uh, it is a beautiful place. I, I, I had a question, a quick question, um, yes. Mr. Augustine. The, to what extent was the uh, school day or the school scheduling, was that interrupted uh, when this disaster happened? Other than uh, the normal, you know, let's talk about it in class, uh, the normal school schedule was not changed at all. Um, the incident occurred... Uh, somewhere about mid-April, and school let out about uh, a little over a month later, and by the time school let out, uh, the oil had not reached the beaches of Grand Isle, Fouchon, or uh, the Barataria Estuary. What 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 type of dialogue was happening in the schools ab- about this? I mean, the, the, some of the children, you know, had survived Katrina, I presume that Katrina uh, had an adverse effect on, on them and their lives and their education. And were they concerned that this would be uh, like a one-two punch? Did it bring back any bad memories? I think that at the very beginning it really wasn't a big thing because we've experienced on Grand Isle, we've experienced small oil spills before, but nothing to this magnitude. I don't think the people actually realize at the very beginning um, how bad it, it got or how bad it could have been. Uh, so, you know, there wasn't much, there was some talk going on, but there wasn't a whole bunch. So would it be fair to say that uh, for all three gentlemen, I'll, I'll ask this question, uh, that life has gone back to normal uh, now that the well is capped and things are settling down a bit, cleanup's progressing? Let's let's hear from uh, Mr. Our, our, third, our third guest, Carol Alamon. Yeah, um, things are back to normal more or less on Grand Isle right now. Uh, it's the future that we're not really sure of. As far as as monetary values, the summer was pretty good for everybody. BP was paying just about anybody who came down here to do the work, the the boats, the uh, 
service people, this and that. So they had a good summer. The restaurants and, and uh, the other facilities on Grand Isle didn't lose that much money as far as the tourists not being here because BP made up for it in a way. But the all the little boats that have been working for BP, they're, they're called vessels of opportunity. They've all been paid by BP pretty good money, but BP is not taking out taxes or Social Security or anything like that. They give the owner of the vessel X amount of dollars, most of them, it's like $1,500 a day. As an independent and, and, contractor. Yeah, and, and they're responsible for paying their deckhands and, and whatever. BP provides all of the fuel, the food, the ice, whatever you need on the vessel. But next year, when the federal government comes knocking on your door and saying, look, you made X amount of dollars last year, uh, where's ours? Uh, right. A lot of these people that aren't saving that, uh, they're spending it almost as fast as they can get it. Hmm. And uh, that's that's part of where the problem is going to be there. And uh, I was talking to uh, one of our fellow Rotarians last night at the uh, at the Rotary meeting. As a matter of fact, we ate boiled shrimp at the, at the Rotary meeting. Uh, My favorite Floyd, topic, food. I bet it tasted <laughs> awfully good. Well, Floyd saying one of the Rotarians, uh, was telling me that his family controls, <clears throat> excuse me, over 800 acres of, of oyster bottoms. Mm-hmm. And he says, as of right now, they can't do anything because they do have oil on the leases. They can't seed, and he says all the oysters that are on the leases right now are dying. So he doesn't know what's going to happen next year or the year after because so- it's something that doesn't go away that fast. So it, it's going to be, it's not so much this year. It's, it's going to be future. down the line, like Windows was saying. It, it, it looks like everything is is more or less settling down now. But uh, just to me, it, it's like a, a false sense of security. It's going to be more or less next year and the year after. Let's see what happens, whether we'll still be able to oyster and crab and fish and, and stuff like that. And, you know, uh, we'll, we'll explore the future of Louisiana and the effects of the BP oil spill with our three distinguished Rotarian guests in just a moment, but let me remind our listeners they're in tune with Radio Rotary on Hudson Valley Talk Radio. My name is Jonah Trebois, and my co-host is Sarah O'Connell. And Sarah, who brings us Radio Rotary this week? Radio Rotary is brought to us by Rotary District 7210 and the clubs of Arlington, Cairo, Carmel, Chester, Chestnut Ridge, Congers Valley Cottage, Fishgill Highland, Hyde Park, Kingston, Kingston Sunrise, and LaGrange. And we'll be back with more Radio Rotary after these important messages. In 1985, while polio was paralyzing 1,000 children a day, Rotary International committed to a goal, a goal of ending polio worldwide. Very soon now, after contributing nearly $600 million and immunizing over 2 billion children, the goal will be achieved. Eradicating polio worldwide. That is humanity in motion. That is Rotary. For information about Rotary in the Hudson Valley, visit www.rotarydistrict7210.org. Kingston Sunrise Rotary presents Bollywood on Hudson, an Indian dinner and Bollywood Indian movie, on October 8th at Backstage Productions on Wall Street in Kingston, New York. Proceeds go to Polio Plus, Rotary's efforts to end polio worldwide. Doors open at 5.30 p.m. for Fellowship and Cash Bar. Delicious food and drink from samosas to gulab jamun. Come join us for a fun-filled evening. 
$35 a person, reservations required. For more information, call 845-417-8891. That's 845-417-8891. Red Hook Rotary invites you to their Citizen of the Year dinner honoring community volunteer Ken O'Loughlin on Tuesday, October 26th at 6 p.m. at the Red Hook Firehouse. Tickets are just $40 each and are available from any Red Hook Rotarian or by telephone from Nikki Weaver at 845-756-5381. That's 845-756-5381. Hudson Valley Talk Radio. Hi, I'm Sarah O'Connell. Um, I am the co-host of Radio Rotary, which you are in tune to. I am joined by my co-host, the wonderful, intelligent, always provocative Jonah Trebowasser. And I had today, to pay her $10 to say that. <laughs> today, we are talking to fellow Rotarians from South Louisiana. This is the third in, the, in, in a series of interviews that we have done concerning the BP um, oil disaster. Um, we've been following it with um, our, our men on the scene, men and women on the scene. Today on the air, we have uh, Carol Almana. Alamont, uh, thank you. I got tongue twisted there. Who is the president of the Grand Isle Rotary Club? Richard Augustine, who is principal of the Grand Isle Schools, and um, and also Rotarian and Rotarian, um, and Wendell Carell, who is the general manager of the Fouche Parish Levy District, and who's uh, been giving us uh, live reports from Louisiana. And he is a member of I guess I love to say this Golden Meta. What's that now? Golden Meadow. Golden Meadow. It's Golden, Golden Meadow. Meadow. Go, uh, Rotary. Okay. <laughs> so welcome back. Welcome back. Now, before it, the break, we were talking about what's the future. What does the future hold here? So, Sarah, why don't you explore that with a few people? Well, we 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 want to know. It's it's it, the, the, be, just because the cap has been successful. What does right. tomorrow bring? Also, That's the first you know, step in recovery, isn't the, it? The, the public and. I'm guilty of this too. Out of sight, out of mind. It was front page news for for weeks. weeks it was in and all weeks. the television newscasts. You know, they had the oil cam where you could look underwater and see the oil spilling out by the hour. And now that it's capped and it's gone away, everyone thinks, "Hey, everything's fine. It's all done. Finished. It's over. It's happy times again in Louisiana." Gentlemen, what is the real truth? Let's start out well, with Wendell Curell. What would make it happier is if people understood that the seafood that is leaving this area is fantastically good. 30% of the seafood in the lower 48 states comes from here. And, in fact, you're probably eating uh, blue crabs in, in Maryland right now, and, and 25% to 50% of those crabs come from over here. So the quality is good. Uh, so, uh, you know, there are advertisements saying we don't serve Louisiana seafood, and, and right now that is uh, the quality is, 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 is more tested better than, than just about any seafood around. You might be eating shrimp from a foreign country. Uh, they're raised in ponds where they have to use a lot of chemicals and a lot of medicines to keep diseases out. Those those shrimp have probably more issues with them than the shrimp that we have coming out here with with, with no none of those issues at all. And again, uh, that that's one thing. Number two. So food safety is not a question, Wendell. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, look, it's it's the most tested seafood, and and the fishing industry over here understands if we get one bad batch of seafood leaving this area, it can kill this area for another year or two. Right. So everyone is, is working extremely hard to make sure it's testing, to make sure that everything that leaves here is the quality that we've always had out of South Louisiana. And, and that is, that's the fact right now, yet there's still people that are afraid to eat the seafood. Number two is the moratorium has really affected that. You understand, Lafouche Terrebonne, which includes the area of Grand Isle, Lowest unemployment in the nation over the past few years, every once in a while. Uh, some of the lowest unemployment in the state for the last 15 years. 
And yet, with the seafood industry being hurt first, with the oil, we, we, we just closed the areas to make sure no oil and seafood would get out. Uh, then, on top of that, the moratorium. Well, Wendell, the, explain what you mean by the moratorium. Well, uh, when the spill started, uh, they needed that there was you know, a lot of drilling uh, in the Gulf of Mexico. And we wanted to make sure that there would not be another spill. And, and so uh, there was a commission appointed, and they wrote a recommendation to the president saying, do these things. Well, the interpretation for the president of doing these things was to put a six-month moratorium. A number of the gentlemen on In other words, for six months, there will be no more no, drilling of no oil. No deep offshore drilling. Uh, we're talking about in water from 1,000 feet mm-hmm. and deeper. Now, one of the people on that committee said, no, we didn't say put a moratorium. We said do these things, which he said the moratorium was not necessary. Now, there, there are 33 deep offshore projects that are on the books or actually drilling, and they could have been inspected in a couple of weeks, and the ones that, that may have been questionable or any issues, they could have shut down. Talking to one of the experts that was advising the president, he told me that the 33 had they followed his recommendations and, and a number of the guys on that committee, uh, you might have slowed down three or four of them, but the others were doing a good job, and you should have patted them on the back and said, keep going, guys. But instead, it was a total shutdown of the drilling. Now, what that did, any company working in the Gulf, now we're talking about rental for the drilling rig is a half a million dollars a day. You have a couple of boats in the range of twenty-five to 35000 It's a very expensive proposition, but also... You need to keep these these uh, vessels working, and with this moratorium, the big fear is that some of these vessels will leave and not come back for another six years because you're not going to spend millions of dollars across the Atlantic to go drill in Nigeria or some of the other countries, and then bring it back because the moratorium's over. So, so not, not, not only fear. not only Wendell Curell did it uh, put the oil workers out of business uh, during the moratorium, but the people that support those facilities, the restaurateurs. The boat captains, um, the, the the whole the whole the whole economy. That low unemployment was because of fishing and because of all developed and ship construction that we do over here. We still build stuff in South Louisiana. Our guys compete against other guys uh, throughout the world who are getting two dollars for their welders, where we're paying twenty dollars. And yet the quality and the, the the determination of our guys, we can match those other countries. But that uh, I was talking to one of the shell executives who's in charge of all the deep water drilling. He says, look, right now, we're going to hang on to our people. We're not going to uh, move anybody or relocate them. We had the anticipation that we're going to get back to normal operations, but they're losing money right now because of not being able to drill. So is, that's, that's part of the, is the this, problem. Is this part of the reason, the economic impact, part of the reason why this spill was considered uh, more of a disaster than the Alaska spill? Uh, that, that's part of it. That's part of it. And... and, and uh, the uh, well, it's the, the 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 amount of of oil that was spilled. But I think you know possibly in depends. We we don't know what the future is going to bring, but we might see that the long term effects may be less than what happened. Well, what in is the, last. the future? We don't know what yet. is what are the projections yeah, well, well, of the well, future? The Let's thing. talk about the, that. This, this year, the federal government will get close to five billion dollars from leases and and royalties from from the oil that's being produced in the Gulf, and Louisiana gets none of that. You know, we should be using that to protect our coast, that coast. And, in fact, if we had been able to maintain some of our beachheads like we used to have, the very islands, uh, most of that oil would have been caught in there uh, and, and had less of a problem on the inside. So 
We, oh, we how we problem. miss the pre-70s <laughs> in this industry in South Louisiana, right, um, well, Randall? That, 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 that's it. But, Before you know, the those, Feds got involved. Well, and, and, but the Feds have, have always been there. Some, but once we went out of three miles, they have not been sharing with us, and that we think is not fair. Again, we have a soiled coast, but the federal government's going to get $5 billion of, of, of the royalty. So we think we would like to get a fair share of that so we can take care of our restoration. And we passed a constitutional amendment that said if we get that money, it can only be spent on restoration, levy protection, and infrastructure that helps make the money. Well, perhaps we can wind you up and put you on the floor <laughs> of Congress and have you be the sole lobbyist, because I don't think anybody could wear you down. Yeah. Well, so, the thing is, <laughs> but, but, but we need you guys and your senators and your right. congressmen to understand that fact, because the things that South Louisiana produces with the trade, the Midwest meets the world through South Louisiana, 30% of, of the oil and, and about 15% of the gas, uh, and then the 30% of the seafood you know, this is not we're not talking about tourism because tourism is kind of a local economic issue. No, it's hardcore product. But these product. issues are national. It affects the national government. Like I mentioned, when Katrina and Rita hit, you know, the price of, of uh, a barrel of, of oil went up one dollar. Now that that caused the spikes. If you remember, it was going to three and four dollars gasoline. Now think about that. Now we had four hurricanes the year before it hit Florida. It was terrible for Florida, but all that happened is the price of orange juice went up. Okay? <laughs> but two songs in Louisiana, we have economic crisis because those issues there, we don't have a lot of people in our state and, and, and uh, not a tremendous amount of revenue, but we do right. very important things for the national economy. Well, Wendell, let me turn um, to your fellow Rotarians, Richard Augustine and Carol Alamond, uh, and find out what did Rotary do in the midst of this crisis? the oil spill. What kind of service projects did Rotary step up to the plate with? We'll start with uh, Carol Alamon. Well, over here in Grand Isle, uh, uh, we, were, we were given uh, a monetary consideration from a club in, in northern Virginia, uh, Bailey's Crossroads. And I, I talked to the man and I, I asked him, I said, look, we really appreciate the donation, but we'd, we'd like if you just went ahead and kept the money for future references to see if if anyone else needed money, or because or, at the time we didn't know exactly what was going to happen. But we were able to take that money that they gave us and help uh, a number of people on Grand Isle at the time. But as I, as I was saying previously, that uh, BP has been paying a lot of people down here good money. So we haven't really had to dip into our funds as of yet. So we're just waiting to see what transpires in the future. How it all plays out economically. Exactly. That's, that's what we have to wait to see. Uh, the Rotary Club down here normally has, on Father's Day, we normally have a fishing rodeo, and we make X amount of dollars. BP was very generous in, in giving us the amount of money that we lost by not being able to have that, that rodeo. Uh, so that's where our money comes from, because that money goes to giving scholarships to the, the graduating seniors every year. Yeah, it goes directly back into your community. It goes directly back into the economy on Grand Isle. We, we try not to spend anything more off Grand Isle than we have to. I, I, we normally do, but uh, everything that we make, we try and keep right over here. And we, Richard, you know, we have service projects over here, but it's, it's also affecting this, uh, the guys who work for BP are having, like, I don't think we've had a... A, a good meeting with all the members there since this happened because some of the guys are, are working longer hours, right. seven days a week. Uh, uh, it, it's, it's really difficult. And, and then we, we normally paint all the tombs for All Saints Day 
as as you know, this area is, is largely Catholic, yeah. and, and All Saints Day, we go into the cemetery and we try to take care of the tombs for the, the people who they have some tombs there who just aren't taken care of anymore, and they have others that the people just simply don't have the money to take care of them. So we go in there and we do that for them, so that and everything looks nice and, and neat for All Saints Day. And, and it's restored. Year, it's restored. We will probably have to you know, to go a little bit longer before we do it because of that. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. we're just about out of time, so I'd like to ask Richard Augustine, principal of the Grand Island School Rotarian, what does the future hold for you and for your students, do you think, in Louisiana? Oh, it, it all depends on what's going to happen in the long, in the long term. Uh, you know, if things get back on their feet, it's going to be okay. But if not, uh, these people that are fishermen, that are oystermen, that are crabbers, that are shrimpers, if this doesn't clear up, uh, they're going to have to change professions. And to change professions, and they've probably been in this for years and years and years. And it's multi-generational. Oh, yes. And if, if they have to change professions, there's not enough in the area to keep them. There's not enough professions there that they can work that can keep them in the area for a long period of time. So... I think they'll move on, and uh, since Katrina and Ike and Gustav and Rita and Cindy, all these storms and hurricanes that came through are biased. You know, we've lost people on the island, <clears throat> and losing people on the island means that we've lost kids at school, and our population has gone down tremendously, and it's kind of holding its own right now. Well, I'm sure with three outstanding Rotarians like yourselves, uh, pitching in, service above self, that the future will be bright. And I want to thank all three of you for joining us on Radio Rotary. Thank you. Thank you, very thank you for having us. And Sarah, who do we thank for bringing us Radio Rotary this week? Radio Rotary is brought to us by Rotary District 7210 and the clubs of Millbrook, Newburgh, New Paltz, New Windsor, Cornwall, North Rockland, Pleasant Valley, Port Jervis, Poughkeepsie, Red Hook, Rhinebeck, and Southern Ulster. For Sarah O'Connell, this is Jonah Trebowasser thanking you for joining us and inviting you to tune in again next Friday morning at 9 for another edition of Radio Rotary right here on Hudson Valley Talk Radio. The Kingston Sunrise Rotary is holding a fabulous yard sale in the parking lot of Always Moving, 85 Grand Street, Kingston, New York, from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Saturday, October 9th to benefit the Queen's Galley Soup Kitchen. If you have anything to donate, bring it to Always Moving, Grand Street, Kingston, on weekdays during regular business hours. Remember, yard sale at Always Moving on Grand Street in Kingston, October 9th. For more information, call Paul at 845-339-5676. That's 845-339-5676. What would you do if a friend, co-worker, or a loved one collapsed? Calling 911 alone will not be enough. Over 1,000 people a day die from sudden cardiac arrest. Many can be saved with early intervention. HealthSave offers CPR courses on a daily basis at our facility in Rockland County. We'll come to your home or business if you prefer. Call us toll-free at 877-277-6233. That's 877-277-6233. Or visit our website at healthsave.com. That's H-E-A-L-T-H-S-A-V dot com. Leave the E off of save for emergencies. CPR training is for everyone. Learn CPR. Become a lifesaver. Hi, this is Sarah O'Connell. And this is Jonah Trebowasser. We're the hosts of Radio Rotary, heard Friday mornings at 9, right here on Hudson Valley Talk Radio. We have exciting news. We now have our very own website 
www.radiorotary.org. Not only that, you can subscribe to our new podcasts on iTunes or on our new website. So click there today. That's www.radiorotary.org.